I look forward to seeing LED lice in a future game. Welcome to the Geomologist Presents. So, whew, about to head out um, after a really fun extended weekend. Well, weekend starting Wednesday evening at uh, North Texas RPG Con. I'm catching up on the podcasting. I met a lot of great people. Um, this one is not going to be necessarily about the con, but you might get a few allusions to the con. Uh, but this is going to be like a catch-up episode. I got a lot of call-ins um, from, among others, Colin Green of Spike Pit, Jason Connerly of the um, Nerds RPG Variety Cast, and and it looks like Amy sent me a message as well, and it sounds really good, better than my attempt at a similar thing. So, um, yeah, uh, first up is going to be Jason Connerly uh, talking about various things and responses to some of my comments from some previous podcast episodes. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling really good. Feeling really good. All right, uh, let's go, Jason. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Carl, glad that you're getting a good variety of beer in there. I always appreciate that. And as far as Call Cthulhu 2nd Edition, I didn't back that. Maybe I should have. Um, I actually think I started, I'm pretty sure I started with 3rd Edition back in the day. Um, it, it It's a little sad. To, I, I realize that's printed verbatim it's the same bad research they did before but of course you, you know tommy guns weren't actually black market until 1934 national firearms act prior to that you could buy all that stuff you know you could order through the sears catalog so there you go not sure that gnarly tep is my favorite great old one um i i think gnarly tep is maybe the most versatile of the the entities that Lovecraft came up with. Um, that would be a good contest idea, though, if you're ever going to run one, for people to call in with their favorite great old one. Hello. My first pit stop to fill up with gas. Um, I will respond to some of Jason's call, a couple of Jason's call. That was him at the very top of this show, by the way, and Amy had said, or I'd misheard her say, uh, LED. Dice, she said, but I heard the lice. But yeah, I guess I played some Mutant Crawl, Crawl Classics this weekend, so I'm sure we could find some LED lice, giant LED lice um, in uh, Mutant Crawl Classics or in the America world. So good job, Jason. And I guess yeah, I heard on Cerebravore how you guys. Uh, you said that maybe uh, uh, you frustrated me about Call of Cthulhu, but uh, not really. I mean, I, th I think you still like it and will play it. 
it just I think you I agree it, it it has been done much a lot of companies create their Call of Cthulhu or their Mythos uh, rule set I mean Green Ronin threw their their hand in as well um, and it's become like almost a pop culture icon right so it is kind of you know, people don't, and because of that I think people don't see it as as, hor as horrific like uh, Lovecraft had intended um, maybe you know you even have plush toy Cthulhu right so um, so hey you know that uh, pop culture thing makes it less scary and maybe you are correct Cthulhu has been overdone plus use another great old one like a uh, Nirlarthotep or the King in Yellow or Yogg-Sotha or the one that looks like a big toad Sagathwa so uh, yeah should be fun maybe next time or who's the big bad or make up our own great old one like they many authors have done as well so very cool uh, thanks for the calls and let's get back to some more of your calls all right gonna drive now but so I won't be recording while I'm driving but just at this first stop I have and then I'll if I stop again maybe like Waco or Austin uh, then uh, yeah I'll record uh, then I don't accept your apologies valid when you apologize for saying that I don't like 5e and then you talk about the reasons I might not like 5e because all you're doing is reinforcing that I don't like 5e it's not appreciated you know it's like why did you stop beating your wife you know what's somebody to say to that why don't you like 5e Jason I never said I didn't like 5e you know defamation of character slander lawyer lawyer up Carl all your RPGs will be mine. <laughs> hey, Carl, congrats on the year of podcasting. Um, eventually, you'll get that whole volume thing down. Right now, your voice is still much lower, so I've got to raise the volume to listen to you and then lower it really quickly as the music blows my eardrums out. But aside from that, you know, I, I appreciate the whole speak softly and carry big sick thing. So, anyhow as far as metacurrency goes. Yeah, it's not anathema. I think it's just different, right? I, I just think you're playing a different kind of game when you have the ability to edit the story like that compared to where you're just, you, you know, reacting and riffing off the die rolls and you can't change them. So I don't think it's wrong or bad fun or, or you, you know, a bad way to play, but I think it's different. I, I think they're different styles of games, ultimately. Hey, Jason, thank you for the call in and the congratulations. Yeah, I mean, I guess I got to figure out the volume thing, but then I also get complaints. Well, from some some of my listeners, you're like, it's all together into one and I can't listen to the only thing, only the things I want to listen to. Although maybe that's kind of why we put them all together so you can listen to the whole thing. It's a, it's a whole show, right? Listen to the whole thing. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I guess I've. I don't know. I didn't mean it to be like the question. I actually meant it to be a serious question. What, maybe it's not a dislike, what turns you off about the mechanics that you've experienced or seen about or heard about in 5e? It's a legitimate question, honestly, because if I, you know, if I ever run 5e, then, you know, I can, it's the DMG is surprisingly very like modular. And honestly, I think harkens back 
to like using the uh, AD&D DMG and a guide for the GM to tweak their world, you know, to put things in their world that make it, you know, gritty or higher fantasy or whatever. And I think uh, it's a really good book. And if I have an idea like what you like and dislike, well, then, you know, maybe I can make you like it more. And maybe dislike is not the right word, but are uh, have some trepidation about. Does that get your freaking Virginia lawyers off of us? If you come to Texas and try to do something like that, I'm going to get the Texas hammer on you uh, to represent me. And then I'll pretend some sort of injury and uh, that you injured me, my psyche, or you did a mental attack on me and uh, it hurts. And uh, I'll get some, you know, pain and suffering as well in a countersuit. So, uh, yeah, let's do it. Um, what else did you talk about? Oh, meta currency, I guess. Yeah, it does change it, you know. Um, I'm trying to think, because here is a North Texas RPG con anecdote. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I guess I really didn't. Well, so actually, something that I thought was very cool, it's kind of a meta currency, but it's kind of almost like, it just gives you like a bonus. What I liked when I ran Weird Frontiers is that you have these boons and hexes, and the boons effectively, um, I feel like rules is written, I may have misread it, but the way I ran it at the table is like a boon bumps you up a dice, up the dice chain, and a hex lowers you on the dice chain, or the the GM can use it against that character, because... Individuals collect boons and hexes um, based on their roles during at the table. So I don't can't use a hex on, you know, that someone accumulated on someone else, which I think is kind of neat. But I can use a hex to change the narrative towards that character a little bit. So I thought that was a really cool use of a meta currency currency that really didn't change the die roll because you haven't rolled the dice yet. You just bump up the dice. We got to play Weird Frontiers. I really had a great time running it, and I'll talk about that in my other show. If I can get my special guest on, uh, you know, pin them down to talk about uh, talk about our experience at North Texas RPG Con. But yeah, I, I think I, 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 your point is extremely valid. You're right. You know, like I, I'm, I'm, you're as a GM, you're anticipating how to push the narrative forward, and then someone says, "Oh, I'll use a hero point. Oh, I'll throw a Benny on that." Although I think I've gotten better in Savage Worlds, at least, where I don't do any narrative until until after the player says I'm going to use a Benny or if I say hey would you like to use a Benny for that before I describe what happened excuse me I'm burping because listeners I'm on my second pit stop and I'm here in Hewlett Texas at uh, outside of Triple B Smokehouse I had a big baked potato filled with yummy brisket and yummy yummy sausage um, and uh, yeah I needed to eat something here on the road I haven't eaten all day uh, had a lot of liquid and drinking water and tea and all that kind of stuff um so, uh, yeah, so it's pretty cool. Jason, thanks again for the calls. Uh, next up, well, I'll play the music and you can figure out who's up next. You've um, 
recently been talking about the enviable position you're in of being able to enjoy your gaming hobby along with uh, Amy. Um, I, I share a similar situation in some ways by gaming with my kids uh, and yeah it definitely makes my own hobby a li little bit easier to access should we say in terms of uh, conflicts of interest that you get with a family and, uh, and a significant other I wondered you'd mentioned uh, sort of like uh, duo gaming uh, one player and a, a GM have you actually looked at Beowulf at all and given that a try I wonder um, I'm sure it's come up on your radar but I don't recall you uh, talking of it anyway I hope you're well mate take care and I'll catch you later hey Colin thank you for the call in so right now I'm just leaving this cool place in Temple Texas here on my journey back home from North Texas RPG con and I just stopped at a little place called Firebase Brewery yes uh, they are veteran owned and veteran brewed as you can maybe tell by the name of the brewery um, yes and i bought a hat to add to my collection of camouflage hats this is like a a gray grayish like winter camouflage bluish gray maybe maybe could even be like a navy navy camo i, I don't know see blend in with the tarmac on a ship or the side of a ship maybe doubtful anyway it's a cool hat i collect camo hats um I took off my OSR hat, uh, camo OSR hat. Well, Thaddeus Moore made the like a uh, the Conan blade OSR um, logo or patch that I put on the hat, and now I'm switching out to this Firebase Brewing hat. It's a trucker style hat, kind of cool. Um, but now, but yet I digress. We're talking about uh, Colin. Colin, thank you for the encouraging words. I'm sure Amy would love to hear that too. Um, the thanks or the. I don't know if it's approval, but like the kudos to you guys for, for gaming and keeping it in the family. I think it's awesome. I have heard of Beowulf. I did not know you could do it as a duet. And maybe I'll, I'll you know, throw it to Amy and see if she's interested. She's not been, a, she, well, it's interesting. Um, she's not a fan of D&D. &D. Her experiences with D&D, &D, both in 3.5 and 5, have not been great mainly due to the players other players at the table in contrast though it's not like she doesn't like fantasy and that type of d20-ish system because she had a great time with pathfinder but again it may have been the players at the table so uh and you know people not the as the players at the table that i had um well one a couple were two other women as well but the, the men never never like told her what to do helped her with her character when she asked like for the build but never never like dictated the tactics that she should do and unfortunately that's been her experience in other games of D&D both way back in 3.5 pre-Pathfinder and on, unfortunately more recently with 5th edition uh, but we do play a lot of other games we play Deadlands uh, Call of Cthulhu as you know um, so pretty cool uh, what we're what we've done and what we're doing and but i will check out that beowulf maybe the duet gaming uh for fifth edition uh D, &D uh will appeal to her so so yeah um thank you again colin for the call hey guess what i got packages and it's time to do some unboxings 
So here we go. The first one, this is from Cobalt Press. It's actually an envelope. I am part of their Patreon. I think it's $7 level to kind of do their stuff. It's an easy little envelope to open. And it's one of their zines. So yes, Cobalt Press does a zine. It is called Warlock. They're on number 32. And this one is about elves. So I'm sure that Jason Hobbs would love this one because he loves elves and all things elvish. Or is that elfish? I don't know. It depends where he... The Mysteries of the Lost Elven Court, Wild Runner Elves, and Fabled Elvish Magic Items. Magic items are always fun to drop into a game. How broken are Wild Runner... Ooh, that was scary looking. How broken are Windrunner Elves? Oh, they're, they're horse... Horse Elves. They use lassos and bolas. I guess they're like Plains Elves. Pretty cool. My cat wants to play too. Preacher, right, Preacher? This Preacher is helping me. Now Peanut's coming over too. There's some good stuff. A few good things here. Um, Crown of the Eagle Emperor. That looks neat. Gorget of the Explorer. What does that do for you? All these are for 5e. They kind of do their stuff for 5e now, so, which is really great for them. They used to do a lot of Pathfinder stuff, but that's uh, Warlock number 32 on Elves. The next thing is from Lightning Source. So we know that means drive through. See the, it's also a tear. And what is this? Yes, it is my Planescape box set. Actually, not really. It's a reprint of the Planescape campaign setting. Uh, because of uh, freaking BJ of the Arcane Alienist. He's like, oh, we should do a Planescape thing. Maybe. It'd be kind of neat to do a Planescape thing. It's actually really well done. Um, this is kind of all the books together in one volume. Uh, it doesn't look like there's any dark printing errors. Everything is nice and clean. I'm very happy about it. Um, it looks nice as I'm checking it out here. Um, so it's I guess it doesn't have an overall table of contents, which is unfortunate. So I have to kind of look at the PDFs to... But the first book is like Sigil and Beyond. And then it has the next book in here. is a DM's Guide to the Plains. And it has a Player's Guide to the Plains after the DM's Guide. And then it looks like a bestiary here. And then maps and handouts, biographical terms, a lot of appendices. Um, yeah, that's pretty, pretty neat. So unfortunately, like, I don't know, maybe the, the DM's guide might have an adventure. Does each section maybe have a table of contents? I don't know. That's pretty cool. I don't think it's good. And the last, the player's guy is really nice. And then there's a bestiary, like I said, and um, Modron's Spirit of the Air, Vortexes, Vortices. That's good. I can definitely look through my different dungeon adventures and find out, find a single adventure. That's not a problem. That's pretty nice. That's kind of cool. It's nice to have that all in one. And uh, definitely, um, yeah, 
definitely a good starting point as the Siglet and Beyond says the gazetteer that introduces Sigil primer players DMs players guide pretty neat for planner campaigns there's a, oh there's a DM screen somewhere in here too but I mean the PDF you could just print it out oh that's a great idea because Amy got me that print the one where you can customize your thing you say I print I could print out the GM screen and use that for Planescape yay Planescape the last box uh, is from the Flying Cloud Fulfillment Exalted Funeral Press. Uh, hey, is that in, in Hunt Valley, Maryland? Is that near you, Jason? Anyway, the box is partially open. I don't understand why. It has like the invoice coming out. Maybe you had to check to see what it was. So now I think originally it was sent by. sent through DHL and then it got to the post office and now it got to me. I'm not a big fan of that, but I guess that's what what happens. And this is it's in bubble wrap. The hardback book it looks like and a um, softback cover book. And of course it's further wrapped up in a one of those like a plastic, uh, like a magazine. It's a little bigger. It's too big. It's like a magazine, um, like for comic book thing, magazine bag, which is pretty good. Keep things together. Two things in here: Glimmer, Glimmering Crypt of the Ion King, a uh, for, from Planet X Games by Levi Combs. So yes, this is my fulfillment of Jungle Tomb of the Mummy Bride. Um, looks. Looks really cool. I've been looking forward to this one. I'm going to take it to North Texas RPG Con because apparently Levi Combs and Planet X Games are going to be there. Um, this is a Glimmering Crypt of the of the Ion King, uh, five, fifth edition compatible for levels five through seven. Uh, that could be kind of neat. Maybe it gets thrown into the bid bin. I don't know. Does it look? It might be. Is it a? It does not look like a one shot. The Crypt of the Ion King thing. It's a little big it's got many many rooms but definitely like could be a uh, interesting these creatures look very interesting actually so but it doesn't look like it would be a one-shot since it looks like the dungeon I mean is some 21 rooms that's a little more than a, than a one-shot for sure and rumors navigating the deep earth um, you could definitely insert it into any sort of deep earth thing um, so and they kind of saying introducing the deep earth in a grindhouse style so let's get weird so what does it say on the back something terrible glimmers in the deep tavern tales and campfire talk across the land wisp of a glittering gem laden tomb deep beneath the sunlit lands of the surface the final resting place a doomed dwarven wizard who delved deep to the heart of the earth seeking answers but found something else that's cool <laughs> their views are in i love it i like planet x games they kind of are pretty they're self-deprecating in a funny way honestly the greatest adventure about a creepy undead gem wizard in a weird ass geo tomb you'll ever play 
Don't mind the screaming from the dark. It's only your characters. Oh. So looks pretty cool. Looks gonzo enough for me. Probably could be adapted to D50 with no problem. Now, Jungle Tomb of the Mummy King. Yeah. Oh, they did a great... Yeah, it came out glossy, too. I'm so happy. Um, maps. Let's definitely track oh, more maps. Oh, multiple levels. Even better. Uh, another map. The art is great in here. Another map. I'm loving it. Um, this is definitely like a mini campaign that I'd like to do. Oh, there's multiple. There's other temples too. It's interesting. It's got to be like a overview map or something. It doesn't go deeper and deeper. New gods and patron patrons. Man, this looks really cool. Well, depending on which uh, portal you guys go through in the uh, in Castle Sula, uh, maybe you'll get to the uh, jungle tomb of the mummy bride. Does look pretty cool. Henchman, temple trappings, seven weird items. It has definitely a lot of a lot of cool uh, cool tables as well at the end. So let me see. Let me look at the table. Oh man, this looks nice. It's a level three adventure. Hmm, probably tougher for. It's got. Welcome to the Green Hell. Travel within the jungle, that's nice. So, like it seems you're gonna travel there. And the, the interior art looks, it's a great production. Like, I'm gonna definitely take it and have, uh, hopefully some of the authors are there. Maybe at least Levi Combs is there and have him sign it, maybe. That'd be kinda neat. Um, the core scenario at the heart of the jungle, the Tomb of the Mummy Bride is a, intended for a group of six to eight level PCs. Deadly traps, exploration, etc. I think it could work for sub six, seventh level PCs. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you get pretty powerful when you get to high levels, right? So that's cool. Plaza. Yeah, it's definitely looks really nice. I'm excited about it. I'm gonna take it with me to North Texas. That's Jungle Tomb of the Mummy Bride by Planet X Games, written by. Levi Combs and Jeff Seifert. Is that Seifert? Well, hello, fellow GMologites. Um, Carl's out of town and a box came for him, so I guess let's just open it and see what's in here. He has Anvil and I have the closest thing, which is scissors, so. We'll just call them Sharpie. They're not nearly as noisy as Anvil. But this box came probably about, I would say, four inches tall, about maybe 10 inches by about 16 inches. And a decent sized brown box with clear tape. Not overly exciting. There's another 8151 on the side, but uh, I have no idea what that's for. I don't think it has anything to do with the game, so we'll keep going. Inside is my most hated peanuts. If you own pets, you know why we hate them. Not only are they not biodegradable, but they don't digest well in cat stomachs. But let's see what's in here. There is a book. It's 8.5 by 11. It's called Mutant Chronicles. Third edition by 
Luna and Freelancer source book by looks like Modifius. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And it says 2D20. And there's a picture. I guess these are mutants. There's a very scantily clad woman hanging onto the arm of a beast. Kind of looks, I don't know. Looks like a red hulk with horns. He's kind of a little creepy, and he's got really bad teeth. And he has a gun pointed at him by a blue guy. I can't tell if he has really bad hair or a mohawk. Uh, he's standing on a car. Kind of looks like there's a body underneath him. I don't know if he's protecting the girl or kidnapping her. And then on the back, it says, The greatest city in the system. At the heart of human civilization since the exodus, Luna City is the first human settlement beyond Earth and the greatest city ever built by mankind. My dog is so excited. I bet you can hear Riley in the background. I think everyone can. Anyways, it's a flexible book. Nice little binding on it. Let's see here. It's pretty good graphics. Uh, lots of fun stuff. I'm really not certain I'm supposed to be looking at all of this. But there's all kinds of fun things. And looks like uh, pre-made characters. Those are my favorite. I hate rolling up characters. But uh, anyways, the graphics in here are pretty. I can't tell if some of these characters are men or, old man or woman the way they have them dressed. I guess that's good for women. They have more clothes on. But for the men, yeah, I don't know. Then I guess this is an evil-looking dog chewing on a bone. I guess these must just be the mutants. I guess it looks like you play a mutant. Could be. There's a nice little map in the front. I still didn't see any page numbers. Oh, here's some page numbers. There's a lot of ads in the back. Um, ooh, for Call of Cthulhu. Well, for Cthulhu. Doesn't necessarily say Call of Cthulhu. But it looks like about 125 pages. Nice looking book. A little creepy. Still don't know if this girl's getting kidnapped on the front. But let's dig through these penis. You have to be ever so careful. It looks like there's a second book in here. Oh, Dune. Good show if you haven't seen it. I forget what channel it's on. But uh, I think it might be HBO Max. I don't know. But it says, Dune Adventures in the Imperium, Sand and Dust, oh, I'm going to butcher this name, the Arrakis Sourcebook, A-R-R-A-K-I-S. I don't speak Dunian, so you'll have to figure that out for yourself, but there's a picture of a, a girl on the front with what looks like the butts of those two snakes and some people running away. I don't know. I watched the movie. I didn't read the book. You'll have to ask Carl about that. But it says the source of spice. And this is also Morpheus. And it says D 2D20. And it says legendary. It's a hard book. About 8.5 by 11. It's sealed in plastic. So let's get this open and see what it looks like. We'll have to get... A little sharpie out here again. See if he can open it without damaging anything. 
telling you, Sharpie's a little less noisy than Anvil is, but that's okay. Boy, this plastic doesn't want to come off. When they feel these books, man, they're fresh. No expiration date. But that's great because if they get wet during shipping, you don't have to worry about them. We'll just put that back in the box. So this is, oh, it's nice. It has a black cover page. And it says on the back, there's a sticker about how to claim the free PDF of the book uh, that comes with it. So I guess you get a free PDF with it. Um, so the front and back covers are black. Really nice binding. Smells like a book. You know how you open up a book? You get those new books that, from the authors you want to read, and then you open it up, and it just has that new book smell. It's like new doll smell or, you know, new car smell. So there's 149 pages in here. Really nice looking. Very realistic drawing. I don't know what else you would want to know about this book other than it's really nice looking. Got some really pretty pictures. Kind of reminds me of the movie a little bit, but I guess that is exactly what it's supposed to remind me of. And then there's some stuff about spice managers, I guess the skills that go with it, proprietors, um, pilots, mystics. I guess this is all the different ones you can play here. Let's see what else is here. This looks like an informant. He looks kind of shady. You might not want to play the informant. The Freeman Warden, Freeman Scout, character whose name I can't pronounce, Freeman Sayeda, I guess, S-A-Y-Y-A-D-I-N-A, -A. sure I butchered that name, Freeman Craftsperson, entertainer, artist, yeah, they're kind of fun. It's a class-based society, it says, with the diverse community, talks a lot about water and spice, walking without rhythm working for a house, what the Freemans are, the roles of the desert workers, how to harvest your spice. So I guess if it's anything like Star Wars, it's pretty sought after. It's pretty cool. Nice looking book. And it's a hardcover, like I mentioned earlier. And that's what's in the box. So thanks for listening. And you guys have a great rest of the day. Hey Carl, it's BJ. I just wanted to say thanks for the recap of our uh, Temple of Elemental Evil. Um, we are basically right now doing the uh, T1 Village of Hamlet. You know, there's it's yeah we're doing the Village of Hamlet part. We haven't made it to the second second half, which is the Temple of Elemental Evil module itself. Um, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. I think I think our play styles, if they're not identical, or at least complimentary so I'm glad you're having a good time I'm, I'm really enjoying running it for you guys um, I also want to compliment Amy's taste in music I'm also a big fan of Def Leppard um, so you know I guess if I was to get a, a theme song like like all your callers and, and uh, regular callers get a Def Leppard song would be cool but I guess Amy's already taken that so we'll have to figure something else out talk to you later
right last stop I met my buddy who lives here in Austin for coffee at a Starbucks here south of Austin in Kyle and it was really cool good to catch up really trying to be better about that if I'm traveling and on the road try to contact people I know in the area and see if they can hang out meet for you know for beer coffee dinner lunch however it works out and that's it's really neat so you know about an hour I'm about an hour away from home and um, I'm gonna head out Amy's unboxing was hella awesome I honestly should have her do all the unboxings um, I even put music in the background uh, or did she do that anyway there's music in the background uh, which is pretty cool and um, yeah I think uh, close out the next oh I know what I was gonna say in conclusion so I was able to get uh, Levi Combs and Skeeter James to sign Jungle Tomb of the Mummy Bride, a new DCC product, and uh, by Planet X Games. And what I thought was really cool is they re they really want to come on. They uh, Levi Combs probably has heard of the show because I've you know plugged some of his stuff, um, but um, but it was it was good. Uh, so maybe they will have be special guests on the show at some point which i think is really neat and i really uh appreciate jason hobbs um kind of introducing me to all these dignitaries and our little niche hobby thing uh it's really fun to do i got a lot of people to sign stuffs um bought a lot, a lot more products and stuff than i thought i would it's all good you know that's what that's why you know that's my hobby and uh, Right, that's why I burn the midnight oil uh, in my job sometimes and and uh, work it, you know. So, anyway, thanks you all for listening. Thank you so much, Jason, Colin, and Amy for the Collins. And uh, with that, I'll let TJ take us out. All right, I'm at home now, and I got a last-minute call somewhere between... Austin and San Antonio from BJ Boyd. So thank you also, BJ, for the call-in. It's, yeah, well, you already heard it, right? So, okay, now for reals, TJ, outro music, please. Thank you.